Okay, praise God. <laughs> Amen. Like old Clint said, the young man's got to know his limitations. Amen. <laughs> you know, if you don't, uh, yeah, this old body has a way of snapping you back into reality. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> All right. Okay, if you have your Bibles with you tonight, I want you to turn with me, if you would, to the book of Amos. We were talking this morning in the book of Amos. We're going to kind of continue a little bit and turn the corner here on what we were talking about this morning. The Bible said in in uh, Amos chapter 5, and it started in verse 18, was talking about, Woe unto you that desire the day of the Lord. To what end is it for you? The day of the Lord is darkness and not light. And as we were talking about this morning, that listen, if you don't, if you're not ready to meet the Lord and you are in any state of undoneness, you don't want to meet Him. So, and it went on down to say, the day of the Lord is darkness and not light, if, as if a man did flee from a lion and a bear met him. Well, sometimes we, you know, we might catch ourselves running from something that the Lord wants us to do, and we end up running right into the jaws of Satan himself. Running right into a worse, much worse uh, uh, foe than, than, than what we were expecting. So, anyway, so it goes on down, and it says in verse 26 there, But ye have borne the tabernacle of your Moloch and Shion, your images, the star of your God, which ye made to yourselves, which is talking about the star of David or the star of Remphan. They call it the star of David, but it's not the star of David. It was actually a star that was made by Solomon. Solomon is the one that that uh, uh, made that star, and he came up with that star. And, and, and the astrologers lined that star up with with a bunch of the, uh, the the astrological signs. And there was a lot of that going on back in those days. And even the Lord spoke uh, uh, to that effect, saying to the saying to the people and saying to the priest that you can discern the skies and you can discern the stars. He said, but you can't you can't discern the spirit. You can't discern what's going on. He said, you don't know your left hand from your right hand. He said, but yet you can discern the face of the sky. He says, you know, if it's red in the morning, he says that uh, uh, that that uh, you know there's going to be that it's going to be uh, 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 storms. He said, but you know, if it's red at night, you know that uh, you know that it's going to be uh, you know the old saying, uh, red skies in the morning, sailors take warning. Red sky at night, sailors delight. You know, and that's a track. That's a fact, buddy. Because I I'm gonna tell you, I spent a lot of a lot of years on that water, and I'm gonna tell you that's an absolute true saying. You see red skies in the morning, buddy. You better you better be looking because storms are on the way. But red red sky at night, sailors delight. So uh, anyway, and he was talking about seeing and, and discerning the clouds. You know, there's going to be rain, so on and so forth. But they couldn't discern the spirit. Could not discern what was going on right in front of their face. But the the uh, the star of Remphan, which we looked at, and let's go re- revisit that before we turn the corner here and 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 go on. Uh, okay, so it says. Okay, it says uh, Acts seven forty three. Brother Edward, get me to Acts seven forty three. Okay, he says, but ye have borne the tabernacle. He said, have you offered unto me sacrifices and offerings in the wilderness forty years, O house of Israel? 
But ye have borne the tabernacle of your Moloch and Sheon, your image, your images, the star of your God, which ye made to yourselves. And it says, Therefore will I cause you to go into captivity beyond Damascus, saith the Lord, whose name is the God of hosts. Amen. We're talking about the name of Jesus there. Okay. Now, what does it say? And here it calls it uh, the star of your gods, and it's talking about Moloch and Chion, your images. And, and listen to what it says here. Listen to what it calls this star over in uh, Acts 7.43. Go ahead, Brother Edward. Rim fancy. Amen. So the star of Remphan, which, of course, uh, in, in modern days, is, or, or it was called the star of David. However, okay, which he said they made unto themselves. Now let's go to verse 6, chapter 6, I mean not verse 6, chapter 6, verse 1. And listen carefully as we just go through here and kind of and look at what the Word says here. Woe to them that are at ease in Zion and trust in the mountain of Samaria, which are named chief of the nations, to whom the house of Israel came. Okay, now listen to what he said. Woe unto them that are at ease in Zion. What's it talking about? Somebody help me out right there. Anybody? Anybody got an idea? What? Okay, that sounds good. Anybody Anybody else? Okay. Amen. Zion? Zion is the church. There's only one church according to God. Only man makes 100,000 different churches. There's only one church with God. It's the church you're in now. The doctrine of the apostles, those that are baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, that's the church. That's his bride, the married wife. Amen. We're grafted into that vine in the name of Jesus. Now, his people back in that day, who were his people in the Old Testament? You know who his, Did you know his people have always been the same? Did you know it? Come on, brother. Did you know that? Amen. It's always been the same. Did you know his people have always been the same? Okay, brother, go over there to just hold your place right there because you're going to come back to that. But I want you to blast over, if you would, for me to Second Chronicles. Way back there. Second Chronicles. <coughs> Excuse me. Well, my voice is trying to go on me. Second <coughs> Chronicles 7.14. You even know this scripture. I guarantee you, you do. You're going to recognize it real quick. All the way, all the way in the front, brother. Second, Second Chronicles, way back there in the Old Testament there. Second Chronicles. 7.14. Oh, way, 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 way back there. There you go. Okay, Second Chronicles 7.14. Got it, brother? 7.14. Okay, now listen carefully to this. Always his people have always been the same. Let's see who, let's see who his people are. Okay, hold it right there. He said, if my people, everybody with me so far. Y'all, did y'all follow me down that long road right there? If my people, okay, what people might that be? Okay, so he said, if my people, what people might that be? Which are called by my name. Okay, so even, okay, shall humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. We'll forgive their sins and I will heal their land. Is that what it says? Okay, so he said, if my people which are called by my name. See there, you know what that is? They're married to him. Later, it, he said, he said, my people, he said, 
I was your husband. It ain't no bride to be, no groom to be, no bride to be. You're married to him or you're not, you're not his people. He's not your groom to be. He's your husband. And that's the way it's got to be. You know why that is? Because he's not after your friendship. He's after an intimate relationship with you. He's after an intimate relationship with you. He wants to have every part of you and you to have every part of him. Did you know that's the way a husband and wife is supposed to be, isn't it? I mean, you don't just want some parts. Well, you know, well, I'm going to take the good parts. I don't want the rest of that stuff. I don't want the rest of that. I don't need the attitude. I don't want that part. Okay, do you take this woman? Well, here's a list of the things I take. Okay, now, now, here's here's the Lord. Here's the list of the things I take. Now, here, here's the here's the list of the things I don't want nothing to do with. <laughs> Did you see that? I just saw a thought go through Sister Hoy's mind right there of a rolling pin. Yes, absolutely. It involved blood, bloodshed. Without the shedding of blood shall be no quickening of my husband. Man, you're just thinking all kind of a list, right? She's already making a list right now to go back and re-edit this thing. Yeah, you know, now she's realizing, you know, that you can do all kind of things with the Internet now, you know. <laughs> we can go back and make adjustments here. <clears throat> and you just keep your mind focused. You keep your eyes up front. Keep your eyes focused upon. <clears throat> Amen. But. Okay, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray. So he tells you who his people are. It's the same way today. This is why we must take on the name of Jesus. It's why we must be baptized in his name because we marry him. Do you take this king to be your lawfully wedded husband? To have and to hold for better, for worse, for sickness and for health? Amen. All those things. It's the same thing. Yes, I do. Amen. And then you, and you know, it's really such an unfair trade. Then, you know, then, then, then he says, well, do you take this beat up, dilapidated wreck of a mess that's right here before you? This nutcase, this guy that's a problem child, this, this heathen sinner, low life scumbag, it ain't worth killing or knocking in the head. Lord said, yep, I'll take him. Are you sure? Cause don't nobody else want him. Are you sure you want him? He's all broke up. I mean, he ain't worth a, he ain't worth a flip, you know, he ain't worth knocking in the head. Yeah, I'll take him. I can do something with him. Pray Jesus. Amen. It takes God, don't it? My wife will attest to it. It took God. It took God to make me. It took God to change me into what I am today. I guarantee you. But I'm, I'm proof there is a God. Amen. I'm proof there is a God. But if He can take a no count low life like me and put me behind a pulpit with a Bible in my hand and change my life, buddy, there's a God. There's no doubt about it. Amen. Praise God. So, <laughs> hallelujah. So, so, we become His people. I'm going to tell you, God is a jealous God. He don't hold with us making no idols and statutes and all this kind of stuff and stars and rim fan and bowing yourself down to them. Oh, no. He don't like that stuff. <clears throat> but let's, let's look at what He said here. Woe to them that are at ease in Zion. 
Trust in the mountain of Samaria, which are named chief of the nations to whom the house of Israel came. Now, understand right here what's going on. Samaria was a very wealthy place. And it was a very profound place. Samaria, <clears throat> remember that, you know, the Lord uh, 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 had dealings with a Samaritan woman one time. They said, man, what she said, why are you talking to me? You're not supposed to talk to us. Because Jews didn't associate with Samaritans. Samaritans were heathen people. Samaritans were Gentiles. They weren't of the Jewish people. They were not clean. They did not have any standards. They did not have any morals. And they certainly did not follow the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They followed any God, all kind of gods, just like they do now, <laughs> just like the Gentiles do today. Amen. So, well, you know, the theory, the, the, the motto is just do it. Feels good, do it. Ain't you heard that? If it feels good, do it. Amen. Ain't you heard it? Just do it. we got some big name mottos of people that have that motto. Just do it. I mean, life is short, have an affair. That's one of the biggest signs on, in California, all over the interstate. You know it's bad when Hollywood raises their eyes at it. When the wickedest place on earth, Hollywood, says, oh, man, that's kind of over the top, isn't it? You're like, what? What's over the top? I mean, that makes you stand up and listen. Man, did you hear that? Hollywood said something's over the top. Dear God, that must be some bad stuff right there. Life is short, have an affair. Can you not see the devil in that? Can you not see Satan himself putting that sign up? I mean, I'm just saying. Throwing it out there. Just, you know, food for thought. Just, you know, just saying. I looked at the statistics the other day. Women now are having affairs at the same rate men are. Used to, women didn't do that. Now, in some cases, they're even worse than the men, having more affairs than even their counterpart. I promise you, honey, I'm going to work, and I'm coming straight back. Amen. I'm tired. <laughs> I am way too tired, man, <laughs> to try to keep up with more than one relationship, I guarantee you. But, you know, that's the world we live in. That's the world that we live in. And all those things are acceptable. But, see, in Samaria, in Samaria, it was a big, big city, a big metropolis, very wealthy place. And Israel had cozied down next to them there as their neighbors. And they began to look at Samaria and began to trust in their riches. They began to get money hungry and greedy. And he said, Woe to them that are at ease in Zion and trust in the mountain of Samaria. Samaria was a very powerful place at that point in time. They had a lot of money. It was a big metropolis. There was a lot of money to be made in that area. And so they began to ease up on their walking with the Lord, and their following of the law, and they begin to let their walk with God lax. They begin to start seeking money and trusting in their 
own ability to make riches and so on and so forth. So listen to what he says here next. He says, Pass ye unto Calne and see, and from thence go ye to Hamath the great. Then go down to Gath of the Philistines. Be they greater than these kingdoms? Or their border greater than your border? Man, the Lord told Amos, He said, go tell them. He said, hey, man, go look at all these kingdoms that I've given you. And you go to look at some of these other kingdoms round about you. And He said, are these kingdoms here? that you're following? Are these kingdoms that you're patterning yourself after, are they greater than the kingdoms that you have? Are they greater than the kingdoms over here? He said, why are you following after all this mess? Look what he said. Ye that put far away the evil day and cause the seed of violence to come near. Okay, now let's look at that close. Let's look at that close. Notice what it said right there. Read that again. Read that again, Brother Jay. You there with me? Okay, listen carefully now. Somebody help me out. Somebody help me out there. Anybody? <laughs> if she answered that, I will jump over this building and praise Jesus. <laughs> Man, I tell you what, you tell, that will be some kind of anointing right there. <laughs> Amen. Okay, somebody help me out there. Ye that put far away the evil day, come on. Oh, man, look at you. You're after my own heart, praise God. Amen. Come on. Come on. Tell me. You're all over it. That's right. You know what it says? It says, Ye that put far away the evil day is talking about the day of the Lord. That great and terrible day is what the Bible calls it. In several places, that great and terrible day, that great and notable day, another place called the great and notable day. You know what it's talking about? It's called the day of judgment. That's what it's coming. You know what? And, and that's not just talking about the day of judgment, final judgment. How many of you ever, how many of you ever uh, felt the judgment of God while you're here on this earth? You ever been, you ever had felt the judgment of God? You ever done something that wasn't right? You ever done something that was against God? And then the judgment, and you felt that judgment, and you paid the price for it, didn't you? But you know what they do? They put that great and evil day, they put the evil day as far off. So what does it say? Read that again. They put the evil day far off and cause the seat of violence to come near. You see, what happens is that seat of judgment comes on. He said, okay, so you're putting it, you're putting it like it's far off, but you're causing it to come near to you. Amen. How many of you love judgment? No, you know what? I'll tell you what. The only time you love judgment, amen, is if you're living right. Amen. Praise God. The only time you love judgment, he said, if you judge yourselves, you would not be judged. Do you understand that? Everybody understand what, the, what I'm saying when, when the Bible says that? If you don't, say no. Because we need to know these things. So if you judge yourselves, you would not be judged. Brother Jeremiah, you understand that? What's it mean? Tell me something. Well, 
that's now that's that's good. That's good, and that's also a part of it. But what he's talking about right there, Noah, would you care to help him out, brother? Okay, well, let me help both of you out here. Brother Gavin, you want to help me out on that? If you judge yourself, you would not be judged. Yeah, you can judge yourself. No, well, you're kind of close there, but let me help you all out. If you judge yourselves, what it's saying is if you, if you look closely at what you're doing and you say, that ain't right. You ever done that? Have you ever known Jesus fixing to do something? You say, mm, that ain't right. Oh, yeah, there's the Bible seeker. There's the man that wants 18 copies of the Bible. Be careful of a man that's looking for every version of the Bible ever written, says, I need a copy of that. Yeah, and you, man, study, study to show thyself approved. That's a whole different way of looking at that scripture. <laughs> See what I mean? And you just stop it right now, because I saw your mind just go eight directions right there thinking, yeah, I could apply that scripture. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Okay. But see, if you judge yourself and you say you keep an eye on yourself, how many times have you ever done something, man, and you stopped yourself from doing it because you knew it wasn't right? A bunch, huh? I'm not getting you. I'm not going to get you in trouble with mom and dad. She's watching you real close right there. She's recording this. <clears throat> but you know, you, what you do is you say, oh, man, ah, that ain't right. I ain't doing that. That's judging yourself. And so because you judge yourself, you know what? You, 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 you look at yourself with judgment. You look at yourself as a judge would look at you. And you ever hear that voice inside say, uh, 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 uh. You ever hear the voice of Dad say, Boy, I don't think so. You know what? The Bible says, the Bible says, praise God, that you would hear a voice behind you saying, Here's the path, walk ye in it, when you stray to the right or the left. Praise God. You know, that's the job of mom and dad. That's the job, praise God, of your tutors. That's the job of your of your governors and things like that. Praise God is to help you hear. You need to hear that voice. It keeps you out of trouble, doesn't it? It'll keep you out of prison. It'll keep you alive. Amen. And so if you judge yourself, then you would not be judged. Every one of you have to do that. And you do, don't you? We all do that. Okay, so praise God. So... So what did it say there? Yeah, okay, all right. Put far away the evil day and cause the seed of violence to come near. Okay, let me, let me go on further here. Okay, that lie upon beds of ivory. Now notice right here that they're living, they're living the posh life here. That lie on beds of ivory and stretch themselves upon the couches and eat the lambs out of the flock and the calves out of the midst of the stall that chant to the sound of the vials and invent themselves in instruments of music like David, that drink wine in bowls and anoint themselves with the cheap ointments, but they are not grieved for the affliction of Joseph. That's the affliction of truth. Doesn't bother them what happened to people like Joseph. Those things that afflicted Joseph and all the things he suffered are the affliction of Jesus who was yet to come. Those things didn't affect them. Those things didn't bother them. Talking about the affliction of God's people, yes. 
for righteousness sake. That's right. That's pleasing to God. But that that doesn't bother you. Let me tell you something. What had happened, man, they, the Lord was saying that they had forgotten. They'd forgotten the story of Joseph. Those stories are put in there to affect us. And they should affect you. Joseph went through a great deal of things, but it's also to help us understand what we must go through. However, when, when you think about somebody, it's just like I said, when you think about, when you think about uh, the uh, 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 communion, if that does not touch your heart, buddy, what Jesus went through, and Joseph was a sign of things to come. Joseph was a forerunner of God, of, of Christ. He was falsely accused, falsely imprisoned, and he was sent into bondage. But it was for the saving of his household. It was to save his people. They meant it for harm, but God meant it for the good. If he had not gone ahead and endured all those things, the brothers meant to kill him. The brothers meant to do away with him because they were jealous of him. But God intended for him to be held captive because he needed him to go ahead because there was a famine coming. There was judgment coming in the land. And Jacob, his father, needed him to go ahead. And he was heartbroken. He thought he'd lost Joseph all those years. But later in life, Joseph had already been sent ahead to set up the kingdom to store up grain. But everything Joseph went through, the Bible said, and he was sent to prison. And he said, but God was with Joseph. Then he was, then he was put in another captivity, but God was with Joseph. Amen. And so you see, Joseph was sent ahead, but yet people had forgotten those stories, and they, they didn't even think about how that, that the people of Israel, which was Jacob, the people of Israel were saved alive by the trials and the, the persecutions of Joseph. But they'd forgotten all those things. The Bible said that those things were forgotten, that they didn't, that they took that lightly, didn't even think nothing about it. They'd forgotten all those things and put their mind on other things. And so it said, they drink wine and bowls, anoint themselves to cheat ornaments, but they are not not grieved for the affliction of Joseph. The Bible says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. Therefore, he said, Now shall they go captive with the first that go captive, and the banquet of them that stretch themselves shall be removed. The Lord God has sworn by himself, saith the Lord God of hosts, I abhor the excellency of Jacob, and hate his places, or palaces. Therefore will I deliver up the city with all that is therein. <clears throat> okay? So notice, notice here that God was fed up once again with Israel because they had gone a-whoring after other gods. Now, here's where we're going to turn the page. We're going to turn the corner right here. Let's go over into chapter 7, and let's go down to verse 7. The Bible says, Thus he showed me, this is Amos, 
Thus he showed me, and behold, the Lord stood upon a wall made by a plumb line, with a plumb line in his hand. And the Lord said unto me, Amos, what seest thou? And I said, a plumb line. Then said the Lord, Behold, I will set a plumb line in the midst of my people Israel. I will not again pass by them anymore. Brother Edward, would you get me a piece of string? Anybody got any, Do we have any string anywhere? I have a laser out there, but a laser level... Now, does everybody know what a plumb line is? Who said no? Okay. A what? No, dear. That's a chalk line. No, no, it's not the level thing. Plumb. Plumb is up and down. The level thing up and down. Okay. Okay, I'm going to show you. That's a plumb bob is what you're talking about. Okay, now let me tell you what a plumb line is, and I'm going to show you here momentarily. <clears throat> Amen. I wish I should have had a line or my laser in here. Amen, but a plumb line is a line that's held up you can buy anything. You can clip it on grid or clip it up or just hold it up like this. You drop a string down, you put a weight on the end of the string. You hold it up until it stops. And you have a little point. It's called a plumb bob. You put a point on the end of it in the center and swing it back and forth. You set it, kind of settle it until it stops swinging. Then wherever it's touching it at the top, wherever that point's pointing at the bottom... Those two points are perfectly level because gravity will level it. It'll swing back and forth until, all right, so then, then you got a point on the bottom, you got a point on the top, and that string, if it's still, is perfectly level. Perfectly level. That means it's plumb. Plumb means straight. Okay? It's level this way. If it's a plumb line, it's level this way, this way, this way, this way. It's level. That string is level 100% around. Many years ago, before they came out with lasers, we used a plumb line all the time. We still do use plumb lines. We still use them. But now we have lasers. I've got a lot of lasers, and I, this church was built with lasers. It's plumb. It's level. It's straight. Amen. But... Notice what the Lord said. Listen, let me tell you something. There's a lot of times you can look at something, and it may look straight. Till you put a plumb line next to it, or you stick a level on it. There's even places in New York and in other parts of the world where if you didn't put a level on it, you'd swear a bowling ball's rolling straight uphill. There's a lot of places, there's some in Colorado, some in New York, that are famous. You can look them up online. 
And they'll sit there. You can sit there and set a bowling ball down. It'll look like it'll roll 100 mile an hour that way, and it starts rolling uphill. But it's not rolling uphill. It looks uphill from where you're standing, but on the big screen, on the big picture, it's actually downhill. It's just an optical illusion because of where you're standing. If you can see the horizon, but in those areas, there's mountains and hills around. That's what causes the optical illusion. Wow. So, brother, I didn't want you to come in and knit something, but... Right. Man, what did you... Man, did... Look at, look at you, man. Did you get... Uh... Hey, she's got a string right there. Give me that. Let me see that. Man, you had what I needed the whole time, baby. Good girl. I'll bring it right back. Okay. Brother, you know it's easier to get into the door of the car instead of coming through the tailpipe. Whatever you do, don't let it fall on the ground and roll under the car. Can't keep him five minutes. He's just had such a good time yesterday. Thank you, brother. Okay, now notice this right here. See, when you when you put this up and it stands, it, once it stands perfectly still, that line is straight. That line is straight from any direction you look at it. It's plumb, okay? So that's what it means by a plumb line. And so the, you know what the Lord said? Here, baby, thank you. The Lord said, I will put a plumb line. What did he say right there, Brother Jay? You're my helper tonight. What did he say right there, Brother In the midst of my people Israel. Isn't that what he said? Okay, notice what he said. He said, I will set a plumb line in the midst of my people Israel. And I ain't coming around them no more. You know what he did? He said, he said his word. And he set Amos to tell him. And he set the plumb line in the midst of his people. Do you know what I am? Know what I am? I'm a plumb line. You know why that is? Because I'm a, I'm a bearer of that Bible right there. There's the, there's the plumb line, and I'm a carrier of that plumb line, and I'm a teacher of that plumb line. Amen. The Word of God is a plumb line in the midst of His people. So you know what we do? We line up with the plumb line. If you don't have a plumb line, there is nothing to measure yourself by. There has got to be an absolute in your life. That's what's wrong with this land today, folks. There's no plumb line in the midst of the people. There is no moral compass left any longer. There used to be a plumb line in the schools. There was, wasn't it, brother? You know what it was? What was it? Tell me what it was. That's right. What was it? Did you know not only in the Bible, in the library, you can find that Bible on the wall. There was a Ten Commandments in the wall of every school, every government office, every courthouse. And you had prayer every day. Amen. Pledge of allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. Buddy, I think that ought to happen today. I don't care where you're from. You ought to pledge allegiance to my flag or get yourself back to where you come from. That's the way I see it. If you don't have allegiance to this nation and what this nation used to stand for, you don't need to be in this nation. What's that? To the United States of America, the, the flag, red, white, and blue? 
Amen. Praise God. That's good. What school do you go to? Awesome. Praise God, man. Amen. Don't let nobody else know that. Well, I'll come over and move that school plumb to Russia or something. Yeah. See, man, those things are a thing of the past just about anymore. I mean, just about everywhere you go. Huh? What's that? Amen. <laughs> okay, so the thing is, where there is no law, there is no sin. Paul said, before the law came, and said that, he said, man, I, I didn't know what adultery was or covetousness. He said, I didn't know I was a, uh, uh, that I, he said, I didn't know covetousness was a sin. Until the law came and said, Thou shalt not covet. I didn't know that was a sin until the law came and told me it was a sin. Hence, the law. That's why there is a law. That's why there are commandments. It's so that you know what is right and what is wrong. Because if there is no, as I've said before, there wasn't no speed limit sign out here. You could consider it the Autobahn in Germany, where there is no speed limit. You can drive as fast as you can go. You can drive a 1,000 miles an hour. If you can create something that will go that fast, you're welcome to drive that fast because there's no speed limit. People take cars from here spend thousands of dollars to ship them over there just so they can drive on the Autobahn. They want to drive like a maniac, and you're welcome to do it over there. And they'll go test. That's where all these motor trend places go to test their cars because it's wide open. Ain't no speed limit. Or they got their own personal tracks here in America. But you can drive. You can drive fast as you want to. There's a couple places in Alaska you can drive that fast. I wouldn't recommend it because they're gravel roads, but you're welcome to drive 200 mile an hour if you want to do it. They'll pick you up in spring when it thaws out. They'll get you from that canyon you drove off into or the glacier you drove out under. But, uh, but nevertheless, that's why there is a law. You know, God put a plumb line in the midst of His people. And it's to measure yourself by. What is the plumb line today? What is the plumb line in the midst of God's people today? It is the Word of the Lord. It is the plumb line. You can't alter the plumb line. You can't alter the plumb line. Keep your hands off the plumb line. Man, my guys... Some, you know, we, they'll set a plumb line up, and they're trying to get a point. <laughs> you want to just stir them up, just go over and just, ping, <laughs> smack the plumb line. He just about had it perfect, because it takes a while for it to settle. <laughs> ping. <laughs> Look up, man, what, man, you know. <laughs> oh, did I do that? I'm sorry. Ping. <laughs> yeah, you know. Keep your hands off the plumb line. Let it settle. If there's no plumb line, how are you going to measure yourself? How are you going to judge yourself? How can you properly judge what is right and what is wrong if there's nothing to measure it by? Okay, so let's look at what he says here. The Lord said to me, okay, what's this out? And he goes on down and he says, I will not again pass by them anymore. Okay, Brother Edward, go over to 2 Timothy 3, 11 through 17. Sister Sharon, Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. Go quickly. Okay. All right. 
and the high places of Isaac shall be desolate, and the sanctuaries of Israel shall be laid waste. And I will rise against the house of Jeroboam with a sword. Then Amaziah, the priest of Bethel, sent to Jeroboam, king of Israel, saying, Amos hath conspired against thee in the midst of the house of Israel. <laughs> notice, notice what the high priest here did. The priest of Bethel sent over to Jeroboam, the king of Israel, telling on Amos and stirring up the king against what Israel's, I mean, against what Amos had said. The Lord sent Amos. The Lord sent Amos. He said, you go tell them that I'm going to set a plumb line in the midst of them and I'm done with them. I'm going to leave them. I ain't going to, I ain't going to fool with them no more and I'm going to destroy them. You know what he, you know what he was saying? He said, I'm going to put a plumb line in them and that's going to destroy them because you know what a plumb line does? A plumb line is going to show you everything is wrong. It's like building a building in the dark and somebody turning the light on. I tell them, if you ain't got no lights for me to build this building, then you can't never turn none on in here. Yeah, if you want me to build it in the dark, there ain't going to be no lights in this building. Ever. Or you going to sign something before you put something in here. Because if you want me to build it blind, you better have everything written in Braille when you move in here. It better be a house for the blind. <laughs> I want my check before you put lights in here. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. So when you when you have the Lord put a, a plumb line, when he said, but I'm gonna put a plumb line in him, what he was what he was saying is, I'm gonna walk into the midst of my people and I'm gonna show them just how out of skew they are while I'm destroying them for it. I'm going to show you. I'm going to recall. I'm going to bring to your remembrance what I taught you years ago. I'm going to show you the law again. You know what he did? You know what, he, you know what the plumb line was? What's the plumb line, says? Come on. Nope. What? Mm, you just tore it up right there, sister. That's exactly what it was. It was the law. Back then, back then it was the letter of the law. So what the plumb line was that he brought to him, it was exactly that. He brought his law and set it in the midst of his people. That was the plumb line, because that's what was that's what was and was not. That's what was to be done and what was not to be done. So he said, Okay, I'm gonna set a plumb line in the midst of him. He just brought his word back to his people and said, Here's my word, remember this? And when they began to look at the word, he's like, Oh, they were like, Oh my God, we forgot to do that. We quit doing that. Oh man. See? And it showed them how far out of bounds they were. And why God wanted them to see that was because He was fixing to destroy them. And He did. <clears throat> but He wanted them to see how far gone they were while He destroyed them. He wanted them to see, this is why you're being destroyed. Well, we're not out of bounds. Oh, really? Here. Here's the boundary. Way over here. They thought they might have got off by that much, but through this period of time... Man, they were 900 miles from the mark. And God put that plumb line in the midst of them and said, Here's the line way over here. See how far out you are? I have to do that to my guys sometimes because I've got an incredibly good eye. I have to give myself that. i got a good eye when it comes to plumb or straight. My wife will tell you. But if it's off, if it's off a 30-second, I can see it. I've been in this a long time in, in building, in construction. And I tell my guys sometimes, and don't get me wrong, my guys are really good. 
But, man, sometimes they're off, and I'll catch them. They'll tell you, but he's going to catch it. If there's some off, he's going to catch it because I'm going to come through, and I'm looking for it. If there's some off, I want it caught now. I don't want to get down to the, we're done, and you're already on the next project, and, and I have to call you off that job to come back over here and tear this all back apart, see? So I'm looking for that. Guess who else is looking for that? <laughs> the carpenter devil. <laughs> no, no, I meant in the kingdom of God. God's looking for that. Did you know God is not nearly as concerned with your good things as he is your bad things? Well, that don't seem fair. That's perfectly fair. Because the good things are going to take you to heaven. He's not, he's not worried about that. But he is worried about them little things that might cause you to miss heaven. And those are the things that need the most attention. Am I right? It's the things that might cause you to miss the mark that he's concerned with. I'm not concerned. Man, you know what? And I'm the first one to come to my men and say, man, and, you, and they'll tell you, man, I come to them all the time, man, I pat them on the back and say, man, this looks fabulous, man. You guys have done a smack-up, jam-up job, man. You guys have done good, man. And they do. I mean, they're good, man. I've got some fantastic guys. <laughs> but I'll come in. I say, man, uh, that's off right there. No, no. I say, yeah, it's off, man. Yeah. I say, it's off, man. I'll tell you right now, it's off. Well, you know what? They don't get over and do all this, you know. They go get their laser. Because that's how we build things, with laser. They'll go get their laser. I did this, this the job we're building right now, one of the jobs we're building right now. On both jobs I've done that, that we're doing right now. On this job we did, we were on Friday. I walked over there, and they were getting ready to put mud on the walls. They'd already built the arches. We built fancy archways. We are getting ready to do a big custom drywall zigzaggy thing and all kind of fancy stuff and some crazy stuff. I designed it even for these people. One of the guys come in and said, man, wow, that's awesome. Who designed it? I said, I designed it. What? I said, yeah. Who, you drew that? I said, yeah, I drew that. I said, stick around. I'm going to build it. <laughs> Amen. But they had one of these walls, and it was just turned. I mean, it was turned. It wasn't even a 16th, probably. But it was in this much, it was in this, this much, this four, four and seven-eighths inches, four and seven-eighths inches, a sixteenth of an inch. Man, that's noticeable. Now, it may not have been noticeable, noticeable by the owner, this uh, 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 Vietnam guy, Vietnamese guy, but it was noticeable to me. And if somebody else come in that nail salon over there, a builder would have walked in and thought, <laughs> who built that? Who built that? You know. Oh, that's Hoffman Building Group. <laughs> okay, well. <laughs> All over that one thing. That's the first thing. That's the one thing they'll look at. No, not anything else on the whole job. Perfect, beautiful, flawless job, but gum, who built this garbage? <laughs> That's exactly when you know the devil will say, "Hey, man, this all looks real good, but don't look at that. Look at this right here. Look at this right here." Oh yeah, that's all the building group for you right there, buddy. Oh dear God, what in the world? That thing's a sixteenth out. Oh my God, I'd sue him. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't pay him. Hold his money, make him tear the building down and build everything around that one spot. But you know what? I told my guys, I said, it's off. So my finisher come over there, and he's looking. Don't act like you didn't see that. You saw that. You are fixing the mud that. I didn't tell him that. Of course, I, but I know he saw it. I mean, these guys have been doing this a long time. But you know what? Sometimes they get in a little bit of a hurry. And I was, well, that's no big deal. It's a little bit. It's that much. I mean, eh, man, I ain't going to notice that. I mean, these guys are 
Vietnamese guy, man. He's probably glad to be in something other than bamboo, you know. You never know what they think. <laughs> you know. <laughs> this man paying for what we're doing. And I want it right. And so you know what? He went and got his laser, set it down there. And said, oh, yeah, it's out. Well, of course it was out. I wouldn't have told you it wasn't out unless I knew it was out. He set it up there. They took the drywall off. I said, just take it off there. And I said, beat that back in there, straighten it out, or trim it out, and put it back on there. So they did. took them about ten minutes. And they got it right. I said, okay, that's good enough. No big deal. I didn't make no big deal out of it. Just needed to be fixed. But he got his laser out and put on it, and he put it on that laser, and he knows it's right. And now, if anybody ever said anything about it, he said, now let me tell you what happens. And this happens a lot. We just did about a 10 or 11,000 square foot build out. Great big build out over here in Houston. We just finished up with it about two months ago. And then that, there were other contractors that came in and did some windows. We did all the doors, all the building. We took a gutted space, turned it into a great big office building with lots and lots of 30, 32 offices and big doors. And we did the whole thing, ground up. There were several different trades that came in there, and they did some other things. And they called me. I come in over there to do some extra stuff one day, and he said, Hey, man, you know, this outside door here, uh, you know, it's not meeting your drywall. You know, y'all did the drywall here. It's not, I said, Hmm, yeah, I see that. It was tight at the bottom, had a gap that wide at the top. I'm looking at it, he said, Yeah, man, you know. We didn't do the exterior doors. We did all the interior doors, all the walls, all the frame and drywall, frame hang finish, painted, textured, the whole nine yards. We did all that stuff, ceilings. <laughs> I said, okay. He said, yeah, man, uh, we need you to fix that. I said, give me a second. I went outside, and I got my laser out of the truck. I brought it in there, and I set that laser down. <laughs> Perfect. Flawless. Could not have been straighter, our drywall. Flawless. Perfect. I said, your doors are out. Not my drywall. The drywall's perfect. It's right on. It's exactly where it's supposed to be at the bottom. When they put the door in, they've got the door leaning out at the top. I said, let's walk outside. And I said, you see the brick here? See it this wide at the top? And this wide at the bottom, I said, their door is leaning out. Oh, good to have a plumb line. It's good to have a plumb line, especially when you're right. Amen. So you know what? When God sets a plumb line in the midst of you, it's not always a bad thing. Amen. So God comes back and says, hey, hey. Oh, you're looking good. Right on that plumb line. Yes, Lord. <laughs> it called me Plumb Bob. <laughs> it called me Plumb Bob. Amen. I'm watching the line, God. I'm watching that line. You know what? you got to have something to help keep you plump. you got to have something to help keep... I said plump, not plump. Okay? Just don't get confused now. So you got to have something to help... <laughs> you ain't got that problem. You shut up. String bean. <laughs> Man, I used to be that thin before I got a hold of this woman here got a hold of me. Man, them days are gone. Absolutely not. I was that skinny. Still didn't eat nothing green. Got nothing to do with all that. 
Hey, man, it's got to do with Bluebell ice cream, man, and, and, you know, Snickers bars, and, hey, man. Okay, and not playing football with teenagers, amen. Dear God, thank you, Jesus, amen. Of course, that keeps my medical bills down as well. <laughs> amen. All right, so you set a plumb, you set a plumb line in the mist, and that's what happens. <laughs> Praise God. And so, you know what, that guy said, and I didn't hear back from him. I said, well, you let us know. I said, we'll be glad to fix it. We'll just, you know. Of course, we're going to charge you for it. But I said, I would call these guys that did these outside doors here and tell them, hey, come bring it inside. You know, I said, or, you know, we can put a piece of trim on it or whatever you want to do. You know, he said, okay. So I said, well, just let me know. He said, okay, well, I'll, I'll get a hold of them and we'll we'll let you know. Never heard anything back. So he must have got them to fix it. Amen. But praise God. I'm going to tell you something, folks. You're going to be judged by that plumb line. It, what good's it going to do to grab you a different plumb line when you're going to be judged by this one? The Bible said you're going to be judged by the Word of God. Hey, here's an idea. How about using this to build yourself by? Because if you're going to be judged by this, don't you want to be built by this? If you're going to be judged according to this right here, hey, man, I think this is what you need to be built by. Praise God, because if it's going to judge you, man, hey, man, I don't want no... And let me tell you something. Sometimes them lasers get off. They get older. Sometimes they get kind of kicked around, bumped around. Sometimes them lasers will get off. Now, they're all self-leveling now because they swing. You know, they, uh, they uh, man used to self-leveling lasers were expensive, buddy. I mean, thousands of dollars years ago when I bought them. Now they're a lot cheaper, still a few hundred bucks. But, man, I mean, they, mine shoot all kinds of lines, and they'll shoot level and, you know, a uh, 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 vertical and uh, uh, horizontal lines, and they're leveling all the way around and all the way around this way. So they, uh, and that's what we built this building by. But you've got to have that, and you've got to make sure that even your lasers are plumb. That's why a plumb line is a good thing. It, it's old trusty, man. So is a water level. Used to, we leveled things, we used a water level, which is nothing but a clear plastic hose with water in it. And you hold the you hold the line up over here, and another guy across the room over there. If you're putting this ceiling in, he'll hold the line up over here, and the water does this right here, and it'll finally stop. And once it stops, you mark where the water is there, and you mark where the water is there, and those points are perfectly level between one another. It's called a water level. See, these tools have been around for centuries. There's always been a measure to go by. And did you know, Lord, the Lord has always been that measure. The Lord has always been that measure for His people. He is the plumb line. He is the level that we measure ourselves by. Comparing yourselves among yourselves, measuring yourselves by yourself, the Bible says is not wise. You know what you need to measure yourself by? Him. Because He's what we need to measure up to. Amen? Okay, and I'm trying to hurry. Okay, here we go. So we go down further. Did somebody have a scripture for me? Huh? Okay, come on. Yes, 311 through 17. Go ahead. Okay, go back a little bit. I want to take a look a little look at this right here, too. I just want to note something here. Back just a little bit. Talking about knowing who you've learned them from. Go back just a little before that. Listen carefully. Okay, he's talking about the Scripture there. The things that Paul had taught them. Go ahead. And has been assured of. Knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Listen, folks. If I'm your pastor and I'm going to be your pastor, you must have confidence in what I teach. 
You must have confidence in what I believe, knowing from whom you have learned them. If you don't have confidence in your pastor, man, you're in the wrong place. You must have confidence in what I teach. You must have confidence that what I'm teaching is the truth. And you must trust that. You must have a confidence there. And this is what he's saying. He said, hey, because Paul had a power of God. Signs of God were following this man. And he said, hey, knowing whom thou hast learned, from whom thou hast learned them. So he was telling them, having confidence in me because you know who you learned it from. You learned it from me. Okay, go ahead. Yes, and these were people that were very familiar with letter law. Go ahead. Okay, now the Holy Scriptures, these are able to make you wise unto salvation. In other words, the, the Word of God teaches you how to be saved. See what I mean? It's able to make you wise unto salvation. Listen, it's one thing to know the Scriptures. It's another thing altogether to act on it. The Bible says, to, He that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it's sin. Once you know it, God expects you to act on it. You understand what I'm saying? Amen? Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Faith. Now, that faith right there, it's not just talking about, it's not talking about trust and all that kind of stuff. The faith it's talking about right there is our our faith. It means our doctrine, what we believe, what we follow. The faith that we follow, which is our doctrine. Not faith like believing, uh, not faith like the belief that moves mountains, but it's our doctrine. Keeping the faith, it means keeping our doctrine, keeping the laws of God. Okay, so uh, faith in Christ Jesus. Go ahead. Listen carefully to this. All Scripture is given. Now, give him the Scriptures, too, because Brother, Brother Jay's writing these down. So give him what Scriptures? That's 2 Timothy, what? 3.11 through, uh, through 17, isn't it? Okay, go ahead, but read on. Go ahead. All Scriptures given by the inspiration of God. It's just the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. Go ahead. It's profitable for doctrine, reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So you see... See right there? See what the Word of God is for? It's for reproof. What does that mean? It means to... Go ahead. What's it mean? That's right. That's exactly right. You know what? It's almost like it's a plumb line, isn't it? It's to check yourself. Make sure that you're, that you're plumb. Make sure that you're in line with that. Make sure you're in the path. Okay? And for correction, it's to help you correct those things that you've got wrong. Listen, folks. There is nothing... There is nothing wrong with realizing you are wrong. However, there is something wrong with realizing it and doing nothing about it. When you realize that you're wrong, you need to start moving in that right direction. See what I mean? So we move towards righteousness, which is what it says. It says for for reproof. Yeah, like he said, for blah, 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 correction, amen, for instruction in righteousness. What does that mean, Sister Hoy? Just what it says. That's exactly right, exactly right. For instruction in righteousness teaches you what is right. And it instructs you how to do the things that are 
right according to what God says is right. See what I mean? So it's instructions in righteousness. See? Okay, so instructions in righteousness. So this is for the Word of God. Amen? Okay, now who else has got that Scripture? Who's got that next Scripture? Who's got it? Oh, okay, go ahead. Okay, that the man of God. Listen, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God or woman of God or young woman of God or young man of God. Okay, go ahead. Maybe perfect. Now, that word perfect does not mean flawless. What does that word perfect mean? Complete. means complete. Okay. Might be, okay, that the man of God might be complete, okay, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Amen. What does that mean? It means that you're prepared. That you're prepared. You're by following the Word of God, by following, by getting that down and walking in that Word, you're prepared to carry that message forth and help other people to go on unto perfection as well. You see what I mean? That's why the Word of God is given to us. It's to help us to get ourselves in line that we, in turn, can help somebody else to get in line. You see what I mean? Okay, so who's, is that it, brother? Okay, who's got the next Scripture? Come on, sister. Okay. Okay, he gave some prophets. Read that again. Listen carefully. Don't go too fast. Go ahead. This is Jesus. He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists. Notice how that it's pastors and teachers in the same sense. The pastors are teachers. Some pastors and teachers. Why did he give them to us? Why did he give those to, to his people? For the perfecting, for the completion, to com- take his, his saints to completion. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work, to, the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. Did you know, did you know that the work of the ministry, you're part of that? Did you know you're part of the work of the ministry? Did you know the, the word that God said? At the end of the, at the, uh, of the uh, uh, Gospels, he said, Go ye therefore into all the world and preach the gospel unto every creature. He's not talking to me. You know who he's talking to? Go ye therefore into all the world and preach the gospel unto every creature. And he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. And he that believeth not shall be damned. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, shall not harm them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Okay. My job is, and I preach wherever I go. I'll be glad to preach to anybody. My wife will tell you. Buddy, I'll stop what I'm doing in a heartbeat, son, and we'll have a Holy Ghost rally in the parking lot somewhere. I've done it a many a time. But you know what? My job is to tend to the flock. My job is, praise God, to minister to this flock and to keep the affairs of this church and keep things going on and study and, and all those sort of things and pray and go to the hospitals and things like that. And I do hospitals and nursing homes and, and visit the sick and prisons and visit the people in prison, things like that, and to study and do all those sort of things. And right now, at this point in time in my life, I still have to run a business. Amen. So I'm, I'm very busy with those things. But here's the deal. You bring them and I'll teach them. You bring them and I'll preach to them. Praise God. You bring them and I'll pray for them. You bring them and I'll pray with them. Praise God. 
But each of you are part of the ministry as well. You're part of the outreach of this church and, and the ministry of God. Okay, so for the perfecting of the saints, go ahead. For the edifying of the body of Christ, what you do is you edify or you glorify the body of Christ. You bring glory to God through the things that you do. Amen. And you know when you start ministering to people and you start and people start seeing how great your life's going and how good things are doing and they see joy in your heart and smile on your face, what's one of the first questions they ask? What church you go to? Happens every time. What church you go to? See? Amen. Okay. So is those the only two scriptures there? Is that, is that it? Okay. Okay. Praise God. All right. So it says here we'll go further. And the high places of Isaac shall be desolate, and the sanctuaries of Israel shall be laid waste, and I will rise against the house of Jeroboam with the sword. Now listen to what it said, verse 10. Then Amaziah, the priest of Bethel, sent to Jeroboam king of Israel, saying, Amos hath conspired against thee in the midst of the house of Israel, and, and uh, the land is not able to, to bear all his words. So he went over and told the king that, Amos was stirring up a bunch of stuff against him. Amos was just doing what he was told to by the Lord. He said, For thus Amos saith, Jeroboam shall die. For thus Amos saith, Jeroboam shall die by the sword, and Israel shall surely be led away captive out of their own land. Also Amaziah said unto Amos, Listen to what the high priest Amaziah said unto Amos. O thou seer, go, flee thee away into the land of Judah, and there eat bread and prophesy there. He said, hey, man, we don't want to hear all that. How many of you ever heard that? No, 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 we don't want to hear all that. I don't want to hear you. I don't want to hear you. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. You ever had anybody do you like that? Stick your fingers in their ears, talk about, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. You ever have somebody do you like that? He said, hey, man, go. Flee thee away into the land of Judah, and there eat bread and prophesy there. He said, But prophesy not again any more at Bethel, for it is the king's chapel, and it is the king's court. So he was worried about he was more worried about it being King Jeroboam's property, and he didn't want nothing in that. And he said then answered Amos and said to Amaziah, he said, Hey, I was no prophet, neither was I a prophet's son, but I was an herdman and a gatherer of sycamore fruit. And the Lord took me as I followed the flock, and the Lord said to me, Go, prophesy unto my people Israel. He said, Now therefore hear thou the word of the Lord. Thou sayest, Prophesy not against Israel, and drop not thy word against the house of Isaac. Therefore thus saith the Lord, Thy wife shall be in harlot in the city, and thy sons and thy daughters shall fall by the sword. And thy land shall be divided by line, and thou shalt die in the polluted land. And Israel shall surely go into captivity forth of his land. Now notice here, now I want us to go quickly... Uh, let's see, Sister uh, Sister Sandra, I want you to go over there to Isaiah. 
Go over to Isaiah quickly for me if you would. Go to Isaiah 30 and verse 8. Start at verse 8 and go through 22 for me quickly. Okay, Brother Edward, I want you to run over there to, uh, to Romans 10, 14. Now notice here, notice here, as we said a while ago, that the Bible said that the Word of God is giving for profit and all those things and for uh, correction and all that. But then he said also that he'd give some prophets, apostles, and pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the edifying of the church. Notice here, too, in Romans 10, 14, go ahead. And how shall? Except they be sent. Amen. So, listen, folks, there are a lot of people made a living out of this, made a, a career out of this, but that doesn't mean they're sent by God. Amen. If you're sent by God, you're not going to be coming with a message that's not a God. That's how you judge it. The Bible says, try the spirits to see if they be a God. Okay. Now, okay. Okay, go ahead. Isaiah, now notice here where it said, hey, prophesy not. They said, prophesy not. Listen to what it says over here. They said the same thing in Isaiah 30. Go ahead, 8, uh, 8 through 22 quickly. <clears throat> prophesy not unto us right things. Listen to that. Speak unto us smooth things. What does that sound like? Does that sound like the day we live in? Prophesy not unto us right things. Speak unto us smooth things. Prophesy deceits to cease from before us. In other words, hey, I don't want to hear all that. I don't want to hear all that. Stop that. Prophesy not right things. I don't want to hear right things. I don't care where it's written. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear that. Go ahead. Ready to fall. He's saying, look, man, I'm going to break this thing into a million pieces because you don't want to hear it. You don't want to hear the Word, so you don't want to hear the truth. You don't want the truth. You want me to lie to you. You want to follow deceits. You want to follow deception. You want to hear smooth words and all these lies. He said, hey, it's going to be to you as a, a great wall rising up, swelling up in a breach, and it's going to fall in an instant upon you, and there shall not be one shard left of it. Big enough to take fire. Shard is talking about a potter's vessel. He said there's not going to be as so much as a shard left to take fire from the hearth. In other words, there's not even going to be a speck of it left that you could redo something with it in the in the heart in the fire. You can't even you can't even repair it. It's going to be irreparable, unrepairable when I'm through with it. Amen. <clears throat> is that the end of it? Go ahead. See, the Lord had already told him, he said, man, in comfort and quietness shall be your, shall be your salvation. He said, man, I, uh, you know, if you'll come and return to me and, and be quiet and do right, he said, man, that'll be, your, that'll be your salvation. He said, but you wouldn't have it. You didn't want none of that. Go ahead. Amen. Okay. That's good enough. So what that's talking about right there, say, man, you know, you trust in your own horses and chariots and all that. You think, you're, you, think you can outrun me. You can't outrun me. He said, man, he said, he said, a thousand will flee at the rebuke of one. He said, buddy, I'm going to turn you into a, into a, a scared people. Anyway, okay, now listen to what it says here in, in closing today. Amos chapter 8 says in verse 11, he says, listen, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land. Not a famine of bread, 
nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. There's a message on that wall in there. Most of you, if not all of you, have heard it. If you haven't, I would recommend listening. If you haven't heard it in a while, I'd recommend hearing it again. It's called A Famine in America. Let me tell you, if there has ever been a famine in America, it's now. And it's not for hunger. It's not for water. It's not for bread. It is for the hearing of the words of the Lord. And I'm talking about this word. I'm not talking about the word that people call the word of the Lord. This word. The real word of God. This is not a smooth word. There are some smooth words into it. There are some smooth words in here. It comes with obedience. But he said, Not a famine of bread nor thirst of water, but of the hearing of the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea, from north, from the north even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord and shall not find it. You know what? They're doing away with the King James Version Bible. Have you noticed that? Yes. Yeah. This Bible right here, this Bible I got, is a King James Bible. Of course it is. Brother Edward looked online. They don't make them anymore. And did you know there's one online for sale? What do they want for it? $12,000. $12,000. They don't make them anymore. Let me tell you something. These are going by, way by the wayside. That's the reason you need one of these. Because it ain't going to be long. There won't be none of them. There will be no King James Bibles left. Because the devil's doing away with them. The Bible says, In that day shall the fair virgins and young men faint for thirst. They shall swear by the sin of Samaria and say, Thy God, O Daniel, O Dan, not Daniel, O Dan, liveth in the manner of Beersheba liveth. Again they shall fall and never rise up again. Let me tell you something, folks. There, the Bible says, I must work the works of him as you heard earlier today. And that was the scripture that was going right along with this message. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day, for night cometh when no man shall work. I've got to preach the truth to you. Because there's coming a day in this land where it will no longer be legal to preach this message. Do you understand that? Do you know already in certain parts of this country it's illegal to preach this message now? To preach against homosexuals? To preach against wickedness and sin? It's already it's called hate speech. Didn't the Word of God tell us this morning to hate sin? The Bible talks in Revelations where the Lord Himself said the Nicolaitans... The, 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 the word of the Nicolaitans, the actions of the Nicolaitans, which thing I hate, sound to me like he's a hater. Sound to me like God's a hater. The Bible says he hates sin. He hates divorce. There are things God hates, so I guess they call him a hater. Go figure. Amen. These things are all there for us to equip his people. And to prepare them for the things that are ahead. Stand with me tonight. 